Hello and welcome to the next episode of What's a Crack. I have Martin Irvine here with me today. And Martin, do you just want to introduce yourself? Hi guys, my name is Martin Irvine of Martin Irvine Photography. I am a fitness photographer specializing in providing uh, visuals for fitness professionals covering all aspects of the fitness industry. So it's great to have you on board, Martin. I follow a lot of your work and stuff like that. Um, I've been doing a lot of research and I love following your stuff. And you're actually out with a guy I'm going to have on my podcast soon, Phil, as well. Yes. Which uh, I hope that event went well, by the way. It did, thank so, you. Just a few more questions. So how this podcast, just explaining how it works. So this podcast is what I want to do is bring a lot of local talent. I feel that uh, Belfast and the island of Ireland has a lot of talent that maybe we don't showcase as much as, uh, say, we celebrate people in the States, over in England, everywhere else, but we don't realise that there's so many people local to home that have built great businesses, have great connections and stuff like that. Um, so this podcast is basically around building a great network and I feel you're a great candidate and great person to have on in terms of that image I have in my head. Um, so I just want to let the guys have a wee bit of personal information, not just the generic, just a bit about you um, in this first maybe 20, 20 minutes or so. Um, so yeah, so what's what's the story behind Martin? Uh, as I said, well, I am Martin. I just turned 38. Uh, I have been doing fitness photography for around five years now. Okay. Uh, originally, before that, I uh, had did photography as a bit of a hobby. And then someone had referred me to someone in the gym and asked, would I take a few shots of them? Uh, I hadn't tried it. Before that point, I was mostly into architecture and landscape, things like that. And said, yeah, definitely, I would give it a go. So I put together... Got a loan of a few bits of equipment, a couple of flash guns, and yeah. actually sellotaped them to a couple of light stands <laughs> and did uh, my first physique shoot in the cafe of the Rock Pit Gym that used to be down in Lisburn. Oh, okay. And with a fella called Lloyd McDonald. And the images came out all the images came out well actually. Uh, it was it was very good. Uh, then Lloyd posted them on the Facebook and then the inquiry started coming okay, from more work. So there. yeah, and really it's just it's gone from strength to strength from there. That's great. But what what sort of what sort of sparked photography as a hobby? What sort of got you into the photography scene rather than just just to, out of anything? To be honest, uh, a Christmas present. Christmas present. Uh, Every Christmas, I would always kind of get like a big gadget of some sort, yeah. and I had the Xboxes, I had everything else, yeah. and just thought, but what what do you not have? And one year, I went out and bought a camera. Okay. What was your first camera, actually? It, it was a Panasonic, Panasonic. Uh, Panasonic G3, I think. But and I went and got it from Curry's, and I remember the guy asking me, "Are you going to want different lenses?" And I was like, no, 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 one, one will do me, one will do me. <laughs> and he says, that's okay, because the Panasonic ones are very, can be very expensive. And within about three months, I realized I needed new lenses. <laughs> so uh, I then, after a few months, I got rid of the Panasonic and switched to Canon. Okay. Uh, I know there's a big difference. People are either, a lot of people are either Canon or Nikon. Now, but Sony as well has come in, but yeah. Canon was just the choice that I made and just the one I've stuck with. Mostly because there was a lot of third-party uh, companies would make different lenses, lenses and things. So I was able to sort of invest money then yeah. in that rather than being restricted to one just brand. Yeah. Well, that's actually, I kind of know what you're on about in terms of that. Because my, my friend I was talking about before this podcast started studying architecture. 
he's really into photography too. He does the he does sort of the same what you were saying. You start off with landscapes. He does a lot of building architecture and stuff like that. And the reason why he picked uh, the reason why he picked Canon was the accessible lenses, which were cheaper and not Canon Pacific. Yeah. Um, I'm a Sony man myself. I have a Sony A6 500. Um, love the camera it's more better for recording i noticed than maybe photography but it's still a nice yeah the sony's are very or would be most popular with regards to sort of video and things yeah. like that because they the majority of them are mirrorless they're yeah. a lot smaller than the dslrs so when it comes obviously to recording video you're holding the camera steady for long periods Great of time, time. It's, it, it does help you yeah but the, it's a great it's a great we uh great we camera so what did you actually do slash work as before design do you want Fuck this. Uh, fuck it. I'm just going to continue and pursue my actual career that I want. Uh, up until August of last year, I was a civil servant. I think it was 18 years. 18 years to the day, actually, I left. God, 18 years service. Uh, to be honest, so, hold, I, on. hold on. 18 years service. So when I was, let me see, four, three, you, mm-hmm. you started the civil service, God. Yeah. Sometime. So two, 2000, August 2000, I think I started. Uh to be honest, I started out, I actually went to art college and did a couple of months okay. to do our foundation with the idea of getting into graphic design. Yeah. But I found art college was very expensive. I needed to save up money and things like that. So I decided to take a year out. Uh, about one month into my year out, I got a mobile phone contract. And then, I got, <laughs> uh, then I got a car uh-huh. and the bills just started coming in. And then re- basically got to the point where there was no going back. I had too many bills and I had to just sort of stay in the job I was yeah. in. So I took the safe option and joined and joined the civil service for flexible hours, secured job, good annual leave. Yeah. Basically, all the things that <laughs> a lot of parents sort of try and tell their kids Jets to go out and do because it's safe, <laughs> yeah. you know. But but there's nothing exciting in being safe, is there? No, they're, they're definitely shit. not. And no. that's one thing that I've sort of learned now, you know. It, it took me 18, 20 years to get back to the sort of original passion. Don't get me yeah. wrong, my parents were always very supportive of me at the start and by going to art college and stuff and everything else yeah, and all. Yeah. But then at the point when you have sort of your you mature in your life, you take on bills, responsibilities, have a family and things yeah. that when all of a sudden, when you want to take the risk of leaving that safe job behind to go out on your own, people are not, they're not afraid. They're afraid for you, isn't it? They don't want to see you. They don't want to see you fail. fail. Yeah. Basically. But, uh, but it has been, it's been a great success. My family supported me and stuff and all. Yeah. So well, and, it's been really great so far. You see, yeah. your photo- you see your photos everywhere. In terms of everything, it actually we'll touch on it later on as well in the next section. Just I see you're starting to move into more. Actually, as what you said, the sort of the lifestyle shots and stuff like that. Instead of just being in the gym, I think that from what you're saying, I think it's nice to see that you're kind of combining something that you started off with photography with, but still with the yeah. career that sort of boomed this mm-hmm. sort of photography business for you. So out of all the, I know we sort of glanced on this a wee bit. So out of all the areas in photography, as you said. What then made you go, all right, so right, I'll maybe stick with fitness here. What made you just think, go, go, right, okay, maybe it's just a one-off and I'll do weddings or well, something like that. Or- uh, I had uh, I had been going to the gym myself for a few years. Uh, now, my training wasn't as uh, regimented or anything or as, uh, as good as it would have been now. But uh, I had been going to the gym for quite a few years and stuff. So, I mean, I was always sort of in and around that environment anyway. Yeah. 
at the time, you know, I had been buying the same as anyone at that time, the Muscle and Fitness, Men's Health, yeah. all those sorts of magazines. So I had seen all the fitness photography out yeah. there and things. So, do you know, it was a simple case of then when the option came up, it was like, I want to have a go at that myself. I want to basically see if I can sort of replicate those images yeah. in those magazines and have a go myself. So really it came down to uh, combining two hobbies of photography and fitness which has eventually now resulted in a full-time career. Yeah. Well, that's great. I've seen, I've, I've seen you in plenty of shoots, especially from when I was in Dedicated to when I was in Gym Co. You're definitely, I, I, there's people that nickname say the monkey off bars, the way some angles you can get perfect yeah. shots at. <laughs> um, I, some, of the, some of the shots you're able, some of the positions you're able to get yourself into to get the perfect shots, I'm going to myself, hey, what? It's like a magic trick. Um, so as you said, and it's sort of echoing on to what you were saying there, why you got into the... Uh, fitness photography so you've been into fitness yourself for a while in terms of uh, you used to go to the gym and stuff like that but what was there ever a goal behind you going to the gym or was there did you ever have anything that maybe these guys are do you know wanting photos for when i when i was younger i was always the small skinny guy uh you know picked on a bit uh didn't get to play in the teams that i wanted uh i went to a very rugby focused team or school so you know you couldn't have you couldn't have went much higher up in sort of the levels within the rugby. You know, being I was very slight and things, so that was always part of it. You know, there was always this sort of skinny Marty, as I would have called, sort of thing. And I always wanted to get to the gym and things, but I think it was probably around uh, when I was. Do you know what? Actually, uh, I was getting married, and my wife wanted to join a gym. Okay. Uh, for us getting married, so I told her I would go to the gym with her, but. I caught the bug a lot more. <laughs> uh, saying that, it was a case of, we worked in the same place at the time, so we would drive home together, and yeah. the times she would be going, I, do you know what, I don't want to go. No, I want to go. go. <laughs> so and because going. I was driving, we had to go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was it. Do you know, I always had this idea in my head of how I wanted to look. Yeah. And part of me coming back from when I was younger was always this case of, you know, this will change me. If I can get this physique, yeah. it will change who I am. And although that maybe now towards, well, what that original picture I had, I maybe have attained that physique now. It's maybe changed a wee bit. But what I have come to realize is that gaining the physique didn't change anything for yeah. me. Uh if anything, all it did was give me the self-belief that I can go on and do things that I didn't think I was capable of, yeah. uh, such as going out and establishing my own business and things. And those things are what has really sort of maybe defined me and yeah. realized that helped me overcome that any fears or insecurities I may have had in the past regarding myself. Yeah. And it's actually, and it's been, there's been quite a lot of research, it, research into it in terms of uh, kind of what you're saying that especially because as someone like I work in the corporate sort of world and stuff like that and there's people maybe who are very high up jobs and would never think of fitness and when you look at them they wouldn't be fit mm -hmm. and stuff like that but they do there is sort of there was research out there that is that correlation with fitness and doing well in terms of well no matter what business you're in but for my example it was within the corporate world where if you have that drive to get up to go to the gym, you can turn yeah. around yourself and go, right, I need to do this because there's going to be a result at the end of it. It correlates perfectly for when you're in your work because you go, right, I need to get this job done because it's going to give me the result that I need. It's going to get me A, B, and C. It's going to help me improve in terms of my career and stuff like that. So it's a, as people always say, I always, I'm kind of like the same as yourself. I love the gym and stuff like that. 
I can sort of relate in terms of I was always the skinny guy in the team, stuff like that, skinny Mecca, right? It's kind of stuff like kind of the same way. Um, and I play a hurling and I was just like, right, um, I'm going to go to the gym to help myself build, build up, put on my muscle and stuff like that. And I got to the stage where I was at a stage where, well, right, oh, you look like you're hitting the gym, stuff like that. I was going around, that's what I, but then I was got to the stage where, as you said yourself, you realize you're going, I was okay, but in terms of mine was more sport related, so I was trying to also keep my athleticism up too. And there's so much research I didn't do in terms of that it made you a lot slower. And <laughs> in terms of trying to keep up, it's a whole different ball game. So one thing I find, especially within the fitness scene, is it's great for learning different ways. Yeah, and it's something that, especially even within your own career in photography once you get to a good thing once you get to your pinnacle point where you're like yep i'm good as as you said you can progress your career you can start looking at other avenues and want to learn other things which is great yeah but it's it's a great way to be yeah i think the a lot of people perceive the fitness industry as very image driven and yeah. it is very image driven yeah yeah well don't get me wrong but, there's people that do it just just for looking good and just so they yeah. can take a nice photo which but a lot of that end. comes down to and a lot of confidence comes from personal image yeah. and how and not just how other people see us but how how or we see, see ourselves yourself. and i would always use an example when i'm speaking to clients and things is that if someone could wave a magic wand and give you the physique or the body that you'd always dream for yeah. would you have the automatically have the confidence to go along with it and you wouldn't because you've never earned it yeah you know for example if you could wave a wand and give a, a girl the the beach body she'd always wanted would she have the confidence to walk out in a bikini on a beach yeah. straight away sure. no because she hadn't earned it yeah. so I think a lot of it with regards to the sort of fitness industry and through the, the term transformation is used quite a bit these days that it's not necessarily a physical transformation it can be a mental one as in that you've set yourself a task and you've stuck to it yeah. the, the early mornings the, the eating regiments and everything else and then it's you, you gain self-belief from that yeah. and that's probably what's more important yeah. in that you know that you have the ability to change things and take control of your life then when you need. Yeah. Well, just actually, on terms of that, I know, even though I know you're normally the man behind the camera, you've also been the man in front of the camera. Yeah. How did, how did you find that experience? Did you think that was an essential for you to do so you could sort of understand how the clients that are in front of the camera when you're behind it are going through and feel? Yeah, I've I've done a couple of shoots myself now. Uh, originally, uh, I had decided to sort of pick my training up a wee bit, and I've been doing it for a few months. And then I'd seen a change in my own physique, and I was starting to look at myself and say that you know this is probably the best I've looked. Yeah. So I contacted uh, Phil, who was my mentor at the time. He still is now, and asked him if he thought it would be a good idea for me to go through a photo shoot myself and walk in the clan shoes and things like that. So Phil agreed then to help prep me for a photo shoot and we went through it. And the first one wasn't too bad because actually uh, Phil took the photos. Okay. Uh, I set the lights up and things like that. <laughs> then told yeah. him where to stand and then he sort of, he pointed and shoot. I had a look <laughs> at it, uh, changed the lights a wee bit and sort of things like that and edited, then edited them up myself, which yeah. was a wee bit weird because it was a case of, I don't want to do... I don't want to like edit them too much because yeah. people think I've went to town on town, them and things. Yeah. So that was a wee bit different. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, then uh, I done another shoot, and this time it was with uh, 
actually the photographer who I had first seen when I had way, way back at the start, a fella called Chris Bailey, Bailey Image. Okay. And his would have always been the images that's seen in the magazines and things yeah. like this. So it was a case of, right, I want to go and get my image. I want to see images of me yeah. by the fella who yeah, I had seen, seen. At, the, at the start. So went back through another one. That one was completely different. That one was nerve-wracking. It was nerve-wracking? Yeah. What made it so nervous? What was it that... Just being, just, just being on the other side of the, the camera. camera. And to be honest, I probably learned more... Being the other side of the Being camera. on the other side of the lens at that point to know how... Not necessarily... First time round, I learned, you know, about going through the process of the actual sort of... The, the training, the diet, and everything else like that. But the actual sort of nervous side of being yeah. in front of the camera was different then the second time round. And it was probably one of the biggest learning curves in. And I think it really shows with regards to how I deal with clients then yeah. in the shoots because I know they're nervous I've been there I know what it feels like and I know now how to settle nerves and yeah. things and answer any queries that they may have as well so it was okay. re- that was a really good experience too okay that's, that's what well that's what kind of what they say in terms of anything um, and I think it's great in terms of because I know I had a lot of the personal trainers are saying um, or just just anyone in general um, it's always as they always as the old catchphrase being the person's shoes that kind of thing it's back to that old saying which yeah. sort of correlates across every everything you're going to do um, it's always nice being in your customers or uh, someone else's position to actually give advice on it because if it's, it's like as if me turning around to you and giving you advice on photography yet I haven't done anything in terms of what you've done yeah and it's sort of, and it's not the people's mentality is kind of like, what, well, what do you know? Because you haven't been in that position. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it was great that you did that. And it was, you probably, as you said, it was a bigger learning curve than uh, um, than actually being behind the camera or maybe yep. reading a book about it. Actually physically getting up and doing it yourself mm-hmm. and learning about, because I've done a shoot myself and it's learning about that prep in terms of what you're having to put your body through. You're telling yourself, no, you're not like this, that, that. And you're just like, Damn, and it comes up to close to the shoot and you're just close to strangling someone, never mind getting a photo shoot done. <laughs> and then God, and then on the day, and then all the prep on the day when you're having to get all your sugar in just to get the pump and all the stuff like that. And just it's it's there's a whole it's all roller coaster shoots. There's a lot more to yeah. it than people think than just go to the gym for six weeks and then you get a shoot. Yeah. Um, the actual I mean a lot of the time the shoots themselves, people are actually surprised just how taxing the shoots are themselves. Yeah. Uh Oh yeah. I mean, I, I've had I've I've come into a gym to do a shoot, and so a client's already been in the gym forty five minutes before me, warming up to get yeah. a pump on. Yep. And by the time it comes to shoot, they're exhausted. Exhausted. I mean, <clears throat> a lot of it with the, with regards to the guys, I get them to do a bit of exercise. You know, obviously get the pump on, but a lot of them is you're going to capture. You know, you need to yeah, you need to maintain a pose. Yeah. So you're tense. You're tensing absolutely everything, yeah. and you'll know yourself. Yeah. Holding your abs tense. It's, for a long period of yeah, time and takes an awful lot of that's one thing I learned especially when I did my shoot with Dedicated and doing it with oh, I, I can't remember the guys I did it with they're twin twin brothers they own the what do you call their clothing brand uh, Ardor Ardor yeah. so I got mine done with them but um, I was way way back it was maybe I think it was, came up my time lapse I think it was maybe three years or two, two in 2017 it's hard to believe I was two years ago um and it was, yeah, as you exactly said, I did a workout and they actually came a bit late. So I had to do a workout for a, a longer <laughs> than thing. And then your breathing techniques. Yep. Breathing techniques, 
did me bad. I was like, what? I'm busting him there, on the there, there is an act to actually breathing and, and being able to contract your abs yeah, and as hold tight it for as a possible and then hold it, as you said. Like yep. this, as if you're so a lot blow, of the time, you know, time. it's almost, what you're really trying to do is replicate like a cough or, yeah. a, or a laugh <laughs> and then and blow out all the air in you. Yeah. And a lot of the times what I'll say is, you know, cough, blow out, now relax the face yeah. because you get a lot of pictures <laughs> of people sort of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. blowing out. <laughs> Looks like you're blowing a few kissy faces of the man behind the camera, uh, which is, I think is, it, it's funny because sometimes only because I know it happens. Um, I've seen it sort of happen. I'm like, oh, this is uh, this person's like they're having to do the technique. They're having to go, and you see the other photo where you see someone get a photo and you see their face go, go on, I know what you're doing that for. And I, it's not even where I'm like, it's not funny. It's just, you're laughing, but you're going, I know that the hard work he's trying to do, trying to get a photo and also make sure it looks good at the same time. But right, so this is a final question. I'd like to ask everyone on the just the personal side of the. Um, podcast and it's a question I like asking everyone so in terms of when you're not taking photos you're not going to the gym and you just want a chill day what do you what do you get up to what's what's a chill day like for Martin uh, family time family time really uh, just getting the opportunity to spend time with my wife Lisa and my daughter Harriet who's six oh. uh, really it could be anything just getting out and about yeah. going for a walk or going out for dinner dinner uh, if if I can get a bit of extra time then with my wife it'll be out for dinner nice bottle of wine something like that and my, my, my party oh red, red definitely red yeah I'm not a fan of white at no, all no fan of white no. white for me is for sitting outside in the sun and <laughs> if I'm going to sit outside in the sun, sun I'll have a cold beer, cold beer. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but yeah mostly just out for walks just spending time with the family and stuff just really it's down about time to switch off yeah. because one thing I found is that even now that, you know, the hours are long, you know, constantly on. And even just sort of getting away from my phone for a few hours in the evening, you know, yeah. I've found I've had to do that. Maybe even yeah. take from a certain time, take my phone, go up next to my bed, just plug it into charge and not look at it not again the again. next day. That's just quite, to be it's able harder to switch than people off. think. When, when people's like, yeah. like, even I, because I'm constantly having to work on my phone, even working here, um, stuff like I do the podcasts, um, the business, clothing business as well. I'm constantly looking at my phone and I'm sitting there going myself, right? I, and I'm, I can totally understand what you mean. It's hard to get that stage where you just got to set it down and be like, I think it's got the stage now. When I set my phone upstairs, I still hear buzz in my pocket. I'm like, I'm going, it's not there, it's upstairs. Yeah. But it's because it's, they get so attached to your phones. You know, someone said to me, uh, actually, a fellow Ben on a shoot, uh, said to me that there's, there's a difference about being with someone and being present with someone. Yeah. And I think in this day and age, a lot of that comes down to your phone. That a lot of time that people are either, when they still have their phone in their hand, that's distracting. There's always that constant chance that it might vibrate and go off, you know, getting into someone's attention. I mean, an incredible thing to know actually now is that uh, they have said in recent years, people watch less TV, TV adverts. Yeah, yeah. Because of like the Sky Plus and Plus. stuff that you can fast forward and go on through and recording the processes. But people have actually stopped fast-forwarding TV adverts. They're using it as an opportunity to, to check up on their social media. And I, and I can back that. I can back that theory up. See, when it comes to even when I have recorded something, I will forget that it's on record, and I will use the. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom and dad will come in and go. You know, that's on. You can fast-forward. I'm going. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And fast-forward past through because I'm using the time to look at my phone. 
but yeah no i can i can totally agree with that statement yeah um it's madness it's madness how phones are slowly taking over the world but there's goods and bads them but we'll yeah not go on that here we'll just go on about that for ages but no right now into uh now into your specialty subject which is okay. photography okay yeah time to get the photography mind on now right so this also because i also know i wanted to gear some of your questions towards i know you're at now you're starting to do a lot of social marketing and helping people develop themselves through their brand by taking photos and as i mentioned earlier in the podcast the lifestyle photos are starting to come back yep which i think is great because i did a shoot with a friend of mine he's a fashion photographer dan um he did the ones he did all my headshots in terms of from a business and stuff like that um mm-hmm. i did and stuff with him and i think they're a great thing to have in terms of and i've been complimented quite a lot about it and work goes that looks professional um it looks a lot better than your selfie that you take on facebook and stuff like that yep. there, there does like the like when you go into an office there is an office like people always say oh i'm the same as i'm in the office as i'm outside of work that's great sometimes that works for people perfectly but there does have to be that sort of I always feel that there does need to be that section of you when you, it's the same when you go in the gym, there has to be that mode that switches you that you're going, right, there's a bit more grind in me here. So like different levels, if you can imagine like a mixer, yep. say different emotions maybe go up or focus goes and something like that. So in terms of the lifestyle photographies on top of the coaching techniques, I know you do with a mm-hmm. lot of people where they get their clients to do that. It's all great and glamorous getting your own photo taken. Yep. But I think it's great having... A, having people, instructors sh- getting photos of showing their actual clients what they're doing, showing that they're involved and it's not all about them, it's about yeah. the people they're working with. Um, and especially in that area, criteria, I think that it's something very well needed that as a PT, it's not all about you, it's about your clients. And that, that that's what makes your market. In I terms th- of maybe you're promoting yourself as the purchase. Yes, but I think it's very within the pers- the the fitness industry it's very easy for personal trainers to rely too much on their own physique to sell yeah. their business when someone's coming to you as a coach they're paying for your service not for your physique yeah don't get me wrong there is a lot of value in having the social proof that you know how oh, to get in shape yourself but being able to get out of bed at five o'clock in the morning and train make all the right uh dad choices nutrition choices saying no to the big nights out at the weekend and stuff and all that's okay for you but it's no proof again that you can do it for someone else yeah. and motivate it to do it for someone else your body type may even play a big role yeah you know i'm always naturally lean i've always been that's that skinny kid i'll never be overweight so i mean for me to get sort of lean for a, a photo shoot is easier than what it might be for someone yeah. else so i mean just because i i know what works for me yeah. now doesn't mean it necessarily work, work for, someone, for else. someone else and that needs to be construed into the the fitness industry with regards to how people or personal trainers promote themselves yeah uh again i think it's very important that personal trainers include their clients yeah. within their social media and uh, their content and their marketing at the end of the day their clients are their service yeah and they will be judged by their clients results yeah and also their feedback too in terms of the reviews and how they felt definitely the yeah. yeah you know and but i also think it's important that personal trainers include themselves in their content but not necessarily always just with their own physique yeah. so you know the thing is that it really comes down to knowing who your clientele is and who yeah. you're going after which is very important a guy who gets a, who can get himself in fantastic shape and competes on stage and things and then uses his stage images to attract 
middle-aged women looking for fat loss or weight loss, the message is just going to get lost. Yeah. Or for example, a guy doing a 400k leg press and then putting that out there to advertise himself as a PT coach is probably going to intimidate most women. <laughs> so it's knowing what is going to attract yeah. Really, I think it comes down to knowing that you're identifying who your client is, who you're going to go after, their fears and desires, and then addressing those. Yeah. So, I mean, for example, if you're going after a client or clients who have never been to the gym, their biggest fear is probably unknown in the gym. What will happen when they go in? Yeah. Are they going to feel that they don't deserve to be there? They're not in good enough shape. Are people going to judge them? Are they going to be getting dirty looks? Yeah. So, you know, for example, using an image then of you sitting down with a client, going through that initial consult of them smiling and laughing, yeah. is it going to be a lot more appealing to someone than you doing a big heavy barbell curl? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's about tailoring your content yeah. then to get the emotional connection and reaction yeah. that you want from your potential clients. Don't get me wrong, it's okay to include some of your training yeah. within that to show that you walk the walk yeah, yourself, yeah. but it can be very easy. To oversaturate it with. To oversaturate it with. Because it, I think it comes down to a lack of knowledge. People don't know who their clients are, what their clients need and what their clients want, so they just default back to yeah. what, what's easy, easy for, them. for them. And I can completely understand that in terms of, like that's the first thing we learned in terms of when we're managing customers and stuff like that, that we're not managing a customer in terms of what we think they should have, what they and what thing because you can have this list of everything that you think can make a customer absolutely perfect but it's what 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 their desires are what their actual personal gain they may not want to go to where you're wanting to go no matter how much you tell them right this is her thing they could ha maybe have a set limit and stuff like that it's knowing your customer that's one of the first things you'll ever find when it comes to even big businesses yeah. like thing they what they will find and apple are very good at it in terms of they know who their audience are they know they can keep them hooked and they know what they can what they're releasing in each product that's going to keep those three things linked together and tied in a nice wee bow so when they release it out every september this whole new phone that there's going to be a whole new bunch of people buying it yeah or whatever device they get and i think that's and it's great to see it's starting to be and it's great to see like people like yourself and stuff are starting to bring this into the idea of because a pt as a pt you are a business owner as well yeah you're running a business and if functionality of a business is the same across all platforms it changes in terms of maybe a corner shop is different from being a personal trainer mm -hmm. but the essential criteria in terms of as what you were saying when it comes to the marketing section and knowing your customer is exactly what you said just alliterating on it it's just basically know who they are know who you're focusing on and spend that time on them do the insights and it's one thing i love and people in work always call me crazy but i always love stats i'd be a very stat man i, I like give me figures give me things give me stuff i can work off um and that's one thing i always love doing i always love looking at the stats of things and then implementing on those stats and helping improve it from there um it's a lot what i would do with my client in terms of customers that i manage is that i love looking at their stats seeing where i can improve from that and i actually have physical data that I can turn around and go, right, here's all the information. We've got to work on it from there. And it's something that I think, it's as you were saying, it's great being a PT and doing walking the walk and showing your own great workout because 100% believe that they can do it. But it's, I think, the hardest thing for anyone who's going into the personal training, even for maybe 2019, say they've done, as we mentioned, that one-week intense course or that, eight, that online course that they haven't really been involved. All they're learning is personal training. Yeah. 
they haven't learned the the business fun, fundamentals yet. That yeah, this is this is one and this is one thing and, that is lacking, uh, uh, which has been lacking in the fitness industry with regards to personal trainers and things like that. You can go out and get your level two, level three qualification, but they provide you with absolutely zero business knowledge. Then now there are there are people with the likes of Phil who are doing mentorship programs and things like that. You know, teaching people how to scale business and yeah. things, and it's almost something that I had to do myself when I first started out. I would have, the vast majority of my clients would have been physique competitors, people yeah. doing bodybuilding shows, fitness shows, things like that. And I realized that that although I really got a lot of value from doing it and, yeah. and, and, and really enjoyed doing the physique, the fitness photography, I knew that it would only be seasonal given that there's only competitions around certain times yeah. of the year. So if I wanted to scale that up into a business that could potentially see me leave my, my full-time job, yeah. I was going to have to sort of create more of a market, market and demand for it. And it really then sort of dawned upon me that, you know, there's personal trainers out there as well who want to scale their business. Yeah. They need imagery themselves. Uh, and really the social media itself has had a massive impact yeah. on the fitness industry as it has done in all yeah, industries. Yeah. But I mean, I remember Instagram had only just come out and the fitness industry hadn't really grabbed the full hold of it yet yeah. as it has now. And it was a case then of realizing that personal trainers, if they want to scale their business as well, they need to make the most of the likes of social media platforms and things. And for that, they need content yeah. to set themselves I apart. Need something to post so up. I then sort of changed up my marketing tact then away from going after competitors yeah. to more going after uh, personal trainers and coaches themselves. And a lot more work then started to come out from actually what we sort of define as more like transformation sort of shoots uh really come down to personal trainers you know a physique competitor might only be in shape once a year yeah and a fitness show is very very expensive as well but whereas a personal trainer may need a couple of shoots may send me a couple of clients each year they may need a, a lifestyle shoot they may need a coaching shoot and things like that so it made a lot of sense for me with regards to scaling my business into a business that I could then take forward and take on as a full-time career yeah. then to go down that route. I still love doing the physique stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I believe it's doing what I'm doing now, helping personal trainers and things. If people want to get in shape for a photo shoot, they need a personal trainer. Yeah. So now I aim my, my marketing towards the personal trainers. Yeah. But there's still enough social proof there to prove that I can still attract... attract. The, the the physique shoots and things like that yeah. uh, competitions sort of around April May time are probably still some of my busiest times of the year yeah. uh, but it was really come down to identify my own clientele and who and clients that I could go after yeah uh, not just go after but the ones that I could provide the most value for as well and help them out with their business and it's just it's sort of like what you're kind of talking about and I, and I like the sort of lifestyle shoot and I actually actually think I think I feel kind of well maybe a few ideas from maybe I would give, do one I'm not 100% sure but it, I've seen some of the stuff and I'm going hmm I think I could implement this in another kind of way because I think it's great the lifestyle shoot shows people outside the gym yeah I mean the way I look at the lifestyle shoots with regards to personal trainers is that we know that the three or four hours in the gym is only the beginning it's yeah. the choices that people make outside, outside the gym and the age of the drill sergeant personal trainer is gone we personal trainers now are trying to promote a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Now they can't do that if they haven't got a lifestyle exactly. themselves. 
if a personal, you know, how does a personal trainer portray a healthy lifestyle when they're maybe working 67 hours a week? They have to be able to portray themselves having a life outside the gym too. Not only that, someone's paying a lot of money to sacrifice two, three hours a week to be in your company. Yeah. They have to like you. Yeah, they have to get home. You know, yeah. if, if, if you don't get home with your personal trainer, your likelihood yeah. is you're not going to stay with them yeah. for very long. So if you're looking to attract people as well, you have to be able to show a personal side of you yeah. as well. The people are going to go, you know, I like that guy or I like that girl. I like what she does. Yeah. She enjoys walks. She has dogs, things. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. You're showing a personal side as yeah. well that then people get invested in you. Yeah. Not only that, you have to build up a rapport. You can't just put out one post and expect people to automatically jump on that. Yeah. You know, it has to be a steady stream of things Fine. that let people sort of build up. That you build up a reputation yeah, yourself yeah. as I, an authority. Yeah, it's kind of. I've kind of. I remember doing the research on it when we were looking in the movement that it has to be the consistency of that. It's the same that you're going to build a, as you were saying a rapport of the same people coming back because they know that you're going to be delivering the same reliable content that they followed you for in the first place. Yeah, it's not going to be like. Oh, there's a travel photo. Oh, but then there's one in the gym. There's another travel photo. There's him on the cafe. You go on like it's it. It was the consistency of keeping it kind of the same yeah. sort of thing that the person followed for instead of seeing them all over the place and going, "What is their Instagram account about?" Or what is this? You're sort of muddled in what you what you see. Yeah. Um, but I think I also think I don't I don't know if you maybe look into you've already looked into yourself, but I think that. A great guy for you maybe to get in contact to with as well is maybe have you ever heard Gavin Wall? No. Gavin Wall, I'd recommend you look him up on LinkedIn and also maybe get in contact with him. He's really big into getting the lifestyle sort of photos and stuff with people in terms of building their own businesses outside, maybe not PTN, but in terms of like when I built when I started to build movement, like the sort of now called the movement group instead because I want to go into whole different different kind of things. Okay. But in terms of uh, I spoke with Gavin, had a quick sort of, kind of what you do with Phil, but he's just, his isn't fitness or anything like that, his is just mm-hmm. building businesses and building, um, becoming, not, I don't like the word entrepreneur, but just doing the graph to get the work done. Um, he sort of helped guide me and stuff, give me tips and stuff like that, and he's created, did a Greatest Showman, um, what was it, the Greatest Showman in Dublin Road Cinema as a networking event. Okay. So we got everyone dressed up and big massive, uh, rented out one of the, cinemas or screens in city side got a lot of networking people from all different big businesses and stuff got them all in a big massive cinema room singing greatest showman mm-hmm. but getting them to network together and get that content out and he's very into that idea of he's doing what you're doing but in the business side thing and i think yep. it's starting to grow in terms of all businesses that they're all wanting to show that it's it's kind of like the gary fee effect very much. That, I, mean, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, as much as I'm saying about personal trainers putting out, yeah. sort of, you know, portraying their views and values through social media, it's the same goes for any business, yeah. really. If In particular, uh, you know, any individuals and things yeah. like that that are out and self-employed. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that there's a big opportunity then for small businesses to make the use of lifestyle, visuals, yeah, yeah. things like that there. Do you know, I mean... It's all about conveying certain things. I mean, if, for example, you used uh, a barbershop, 
Now, of late, you've seen the sort of old man barber shops of, are sort of, you know, they're not dying out, but now <laughs> there's more gone. sort of bespoke ones yeah, that are yeah. coming up. And the shops themselves, are they're putting a lot more into the aesthetics of the shop, how they look yeah, and things like this. But not only that, the barbers themselves are carrying an image. Yep. So it's even then that, for example, that like a barber could get images of them out and about showing that they have style, yeah. you know, what they're into, their music, things, everything else. And that will all convey over because then if you're wanting to go and get a particular type of hairstyle or stuff, you're going to go to a guy and think, he's a cool guy. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. You know, how he puts himself and across on social and media. And I know you've actually, because you, you did it with, was it John Boy, the DJ? The, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and did you do Hex as well? No, I haven't no, done Hex. I don't know Hex, but uh, I kind of get no. I get exactly what you mean. It's like what um, I don't I have. He's come up my podcast soon. Uh, Ryan Colin Hare. You ever heard of him? Yeah, he does, and he's good at that stuff too. In terms of people look at him, and go they see his work, but then they also see that he does traveling and stuff like that. And he's mm-hmm. very into Liverpool, and he's he's he's. I'm not a Liverpool supporter. I'm an Arsenal supporter, but like people who are really into Liverpool are like, all right, I'm gonna go to him as well because yeah. he cuts all these famous Liverpool players' hairs. Uh-huh. and stuff like that so it, it's, it's echoing on to what you were saying but right I want to get to the next question here I always do this I always lead on to a million different questions so right someone so the best three tips you give someone wanting to create a good social media presence if they were to start day one clean Instagram clean Facebook or something like that you can pick whatever platform you wish what would be the three best tips you'd give them number one I would say be real and be yourself uh we are bombarded by social media now and what almost what's expected of us with regards to social media. Uh, you know, it could be in the fitness industry, it could be body types and things and all like that there as well. But one thing I find is that people are becoming aware of social media now and how fake it is. Yeah. For example, Instagram is a highlight reel. It, I mean, it's a highlight reel. People only put on the good things yeah. and highlight. I do find Facebook's a wee bit more of a downer. You know, people tend to go on the Facebook to have a moan. Yeah. You know, the whole thing of having a, sh- having a real shit, shit day. day. <laughs> uh, you know, someone asked me about it. Uh, but really, I find sort of Facebook's more of a downer, whereas Instagram is more about a highlight reel. But yeah. almost the thing is that we end up sitting looking at people's highlights all day long and then feeling like shit ourselves. Yeah. So... People are becoming aware of that now and realizing that impact on them. So I think it's about being real. Uh, I've, I would always joke that. Do you remember the film The Matrix? Yeah. And when Neo in The Matrix is talking to the architect, he says that we all, we've already made two or three matrices. Yeah. But they rejected them all because they were too perfect. Okay. So then when they made the the, the final matrix yeah. that Neo was in, it was more like real life. There was challenge and everything yeah. else. Things weren't always going to plan yeah, yeah. sort of thing. And that is what people buy yeah. because that is real life. So I find on social media when people are real about what goes on, and I don't mean to just get on about the, the posts, I'm having a shit day posts, yeah, yeah. but just get on about what struggles to have. People, you know, people are almost attracted to people sharing their own issues and things. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just, I'm having a great day, here's here's my brand new car, here's this brand new bag I bought, or I'm yeah. having, you know, things are going so well for me and stuff. People yeah, yeah. Pe- people will be happy for other people, but after a while, if that's they all they it, get, yeah. they will get sick of it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, first off, I would definitely say, if you want to build a good social media presence, be real. Don't be the person you think people want you to be. Yeah. Just be who you are. And the thing is, 
there was a thing, uh, it, was, it was an article come out a few years ago uh, from the executive producer of Wired magazine. He talked about having 1,000 true followers. And when you have 1,000 true followers, you can build a business on that. You can build a successful business yeah. on that. And the thing is, if you are, if you continually portray yourself as someone you're not, you will not have true followers because they are not following you then. They're yeah. following this persona, persona that you have created for yourself. So when it actually comes to, if you ever want to monetize your online social media and go into business and stuff like this, people will see you for who you are all of a sudden yeah. and realize that you're yeah. not worth investing in yeah. and things like this. So definitely I would say the main one would be be real. Okay. Because okay. at least then the people that follow you will be real as well. Yeah. And they'll actually know who you are. So, right, I know uh, as we sort of come back to the shoot, so this is something I know we were sort of talked about in the first session in terms of making people feel comfortable in terms of shoot, but what's, I this is how I, this is how I quote it, what's the magic you do to make people feel so comfortable during the shoots? Like what, what do you do to get people... Cause I know, especially when it was mine, it was like, flip, these are going to go up online, people are going to look at this, and then people are like, flip, dive, and because you're constantly have, even people, people don't even say it, you're constantly comparing yourself to photo shoots you see, as you said, yeah. on Instagram, stuff like that. What what do you kind of do to go, right, calm? I think a, part, a massive part of it is, you know, it comes from experience, having done so many shoots myself, but also then, as we mentioned earlier, about being in front of the camera, yeah. and being in that position myself. Uh, Again, it's similar to what we mentioned earlier on about knowing what the cl- what the clan's fears are. are. You know, they're coming into the gym. It's the fear of the unknown. You know, I don't know what stances I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to look on camera. Have I done enough? I get a lot of people message me and say, I look better the next day. And, a lot of, and the reality of it is you probably didn't. Yeah. You're just not being as hard on yourself. Right up to that day of the shoot, you are looking for every wee small thing. thing. Have I done enough? Have I trained enough? Have I eating the right things and all that sort of thing. You're just really hard on yourself yeah. before that. So really, I try to take all that away. I try to take all those nerves away as much as possible. Uh, when I first come in, the client meets me. I'm trying to be as happy, make yeah. them relaxed, things they are. I talk through what exactly is going to happen in the shoot, what we'll do. We'll use different machines, exercises to queue up the shots, and then we'll maybe do something a wee bit more relaxed in between. And then really sort of, as I said, explain everything that's going to happen. And then it's always, I try to set up a shot that's the first shot yeah. that's, that's kind of going to blow them away. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of the time I will do a back shot. People don't get to see their backs. Yeah. And when you dad down and, you know, when you get the lighting right and everything else and you've done all the hard work and everything else and all, and then they get to see their back for the first, first time. time. It's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> and I've captured up? it quite a few times on social media yeah. video. Someone's like, is that me? <laughs> you know. <laughs> is that my back? <laughs> yeah. And bang straight away. It's just yeah. like, right, everything okay. A lot of people have fears about when they're doing a gym shoot to think everyone in the gym is just going to stop and watch. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't. Whoa, and quite that. honestly, they don't. A lot of the time you may have someone come over and give them a few words of encouragement and say, you look fantastic, yeah. well done. Do the whole job, but, how yeah. <laughs> but once you see those first couple of shots, yeah. you forget that anyone else is actually yeah, in the gym yeah. as well. And I, you know, it's, and it's true of the fact, I went over to a gym in Nottingham called uh, M10. It's quite, quite a big gym over there. And the personal trainers in there are known for being huge. And I remember standing in the change rooms, just in my shorts, looking at myself, thinking, right, I look okay, I look okay. And this guy, uh, Callum, who works there, he's a personal yeah. trainer, walked in past me and went, you all right, mate? And walked past, and it was just like, <laughs> this is that guy. Next time I'm looking at myself going, 
we are we're just hardening ourselves yeah. and we are it's human nature to be yeah, so yeah. something that we work so hard oh, at and put so much effort in we are always going to be our own biggest critics that way so really you know i explain what will happen in the shoot and then you know in confidence as well having yeah. a lot of confidence myself during the shoots and uh being able to convey that over that when they're in they're in capable hands they yeah. know when they're coming to me they're going to get images that they're going to absolutely love and they're going to enjoy sharing and it's going to create a big reaction one thing i find is very important with regards to your images people sacrifice a lot during their and their run up to a shoot yeah. nights out with friends and family you know i remember doing my own sort of uh saying that my mom right she invited me over for dinner Bringing the bringing my wife and my daughter, and she's just like, "Well, what are you making?" It's like, "Well, what does it matter what I'm making?" It's like, "Well, you know, I can only eat certain food." <laughs> and it wasn't even I can only eat certain foods. I just wanted I wanted to be able to track. Track, yep. Because when I was doing my prep, I would have got, uh, out of kept track of everything. Just, yeah. but almost down to the point where when I was going up the calorie limit towards the end of the night, I wanted to measure out my cocoa pots, right, the, <laughs> right, the exact yeah, yeah. amount. <laughs> So you do sacrifice a lot. You yeah. sacrifice nights with friends and stuff like that. But you want to have these images that you're so proud of that you can show your, your friends, friends and go, this yes. is why I done it. Yeah. This is why I said no. Yeah. You want to feel proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's given them the confidence to know that I'm giving them the images. And not only that, I mean, I've had a few comments during shoots that, you know, guys posing is quite easy. Most of the time, you'll just get them to do an exercise, and you get them to maybe twist. Uh, I have when I have spent a lot of time and effort over the last few years with regards to my own training as well about uh, learning biomechanics and things like that, and yeah. knowing how to perform an exercise to get the best sort of contraction that will display muscles in a particular way with regards to the fellas and yeah, things yeah. like that. That part I really enjoyed because I, you know. I would have it's a bit more than just clicking and shooting. Yeah, I would have a bit of an obsessive nature in that when I get my teeth into something, I want to really learn over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, for example, years ago, Halo was probably, oh, yeah. as soon as I got Halo, it was the only game <laughs> I played. People wanted to play other ones, not, no, I'm just yeah. head down. Uh, and to be honest, the same with, it was the same with the training. It's been the same with the photography. It just sort of comes over. So I spent a lot of time learning how how to best perform an exercise yeah. to display muscles in the best possible way but then i realized that then i was doing more and more fe uh, female shoots so the females don't not don't necessarily want to have just exercise images yeah, they want yeah. something more a wee bit relaxed so i had to learn then as well how to sort of uh pose females in it as well yeah, yeah. and the best way to learn is to do it yourself Self. So I'm, I'm, I've had quite a few comments now with regards to how good my uh, hip kick is, as you call it, as I can sort of stand so and kick my bum out to the side for so much, or how well my, my female Good posing is sense. that I can drop in. Yeah. But again, I find it a lot easier when I walk over to a, like a machine or a bit of equipment or something and say to the girl, right, okay, I want you to stand like this. And I do it. And then they go, right, okay, I know exactly what to do. Okay. So again, settling nerves. Giving them, knowing they have the confidence, displaying confidence, they'll get the exact images they want, and then being able to take them through the whole process as yeah. well. But no, that's that's how that's honestly, it's, it's great, it's great to kind of hear that because you know there's probably maybe there if there is people listen to this and they're going, do you know what? Yeah, because you do, and people don't realize this, and it's maybe you you can like I like I know we have we have a book shoot booked in for June, and like at the moment I'm just like well I'm just being told to eat a lot at the moment and just sort of building up, building up, building up. 
But see when it comes, like even though I've done it before, see when it comes to the month or maybe the closing, the time's coming closer, you start going yourself, right? And as what you said, you do click in, like as a client, you're clicking in going, fuck, I need to look good in front of this camera. As you said, I'm giving up so much here. Yeah. I need to make sure I look bomb on that photo. Mm-hmm. But it's great and for people who are maybe listening to this, maybe thinking, right, as a new year resolution, it was to get a new photo and stuff like that, that they know that they're coming to you and they know that they're getting that the first thing is right come in and all i all i picture is when it comes in it's just basically telling them and then drop the shoulders relax this is something that i'm going to help you through don't worry there's not much to yep. it and it's the same with in terms of and i know we keep relating it back to any business business but it's the same with any business if you can make someone come in to your presence and make them feel like as if the whole weight from the shoulder yep. of all that worry and sort of stress is same with kind of like an interview and I know I've had a lot of people, I've had quite a few people on this podcast so far. There's one thing I constantly try learning myself is that I'm bringing someone in and that's why I was saying to you at the start, I like going to different people's. So I like going to people's where people feel comfortable. So we said we did uh, Tommy's podcast in his house and his kitchen where he made me the greatest coffee and I ever. <laughs> Tommy has good coffee. <laughs> but I knew from when we were sitting talking, they literally got the stage where we forgot the mics were in front of us and we were just, as if we were just having a talk after getting, giving me a sports massage or something like that and just felt like we were just having a chat, yeah. just having it over a coffee. And that's one thing that I think is good for anybody in terms of any business you're going into is the biggest, as I, my biggest thing that uh, sort of linking in this next, uh, next question that I'm going to ask yourself, but just to kind of give an overlay of it is that the biggest thing I could ever advise anyone and I'm only only 21 like I can't advise you of everything but the biggest thing I can advise people from what I've learned myself from talking to other people and stuff like that too is as exactly what you said in that previous question is if you can if you can master the bit where you greet someone or you get that stage where you can say hello and then make someone feel like I can just be me I can just be yeah. me around you. I don't have to pretend. You're, to be that. you're in safe hands. You're in so, safe hands. Yeah. You don't need to be in that other persona. And it's kind of linking into what we were all saying in terms of the social media accounts. Be yourself because when that person approaches you and they think they see that other version of you yeah. and they get to meet maybe maybe you're a lot nicer, friendlier. Maybe, I don't even know what way to word it, but if they meet you and they go, all oh, right, so this is what, it's great to relay yourself and keep yeah. yourself accountable across all platforms. But yes, so linking into the last question here, so the biggest challenge you feel people have with social media content and marketing themselves? Uh, probably the fear. The fear of judgment, I would say, is probably the biggest thing. Okay. Uh, in, in particular, again, to go back to personal trainers, they're probably a fear of judgment of putting out content that they, what other people will judge it by. Yeah. Other personal trainers. Uh you know it's or again the fear the fear of not knowing what content to put out so they resort back to what they know easiest and just put on stuff of their own training but really I think that there is a lot of personal trainers out there that are afraid to put out content because they're afraid of what other personal trainers would say yeah I mean one example of this is in the fitness industry there's this sort of uh, thing to talk about with regards to weight loss or fat loss now, most fitness individuals or professionals know that it's more about fat loss than actual weight loss. Yeah. But the thing is, if you asked 100 people why they want to go to the gym, 95% will say weight, weight loss. loss. So 
when you're actually trying to generate a response from clients through your content, you should really use the term weight loss because that's what most people relate to. Then once you get them in the door, you can talk about it. You can yeah. explain how actually it's fat loss we're going after, yep. not, not necessarily yep. weight loss. But a lot of personal trainers would be afraid to use the term weight loss because of how other personal trainers may perceive it. And it's almost... I think sometimes personal trainers go a wee bit too in-depth with regards to their content. A lot of personal trainers are not necessarily trying to attract seasoned gym goers, people who are experienced in the gym and know exactly what to do and everything else. They're trying to attract people who have never been to the gym. So whereas, you know, you could go into in-depth biomechanics, it's just going to blow straight over the top of someone's head. Yeah. Whereas they don't want to talk about why... Being hydrated is important for performance because it's been so way widely covered on social media and everywhere else. Not, yeah. But the thing is, it's been covered with regards to people who are already in that sort of world. But whereas you're trying to attract people from outside that and bring them in, so I think sometimes people are afraid to cover the basics. And quite simply, the basics is probably what will get you the most clients. And then it's a matter of getting them in, getting them in contact, getting them through the door, and then educating them on what the big changes will be. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a great, and I that's that's why I would, that was I'd actually like to end on that question then. Um, and you know what? It's, it's actually been a really interesting podcast in terms of myself. And third, you've got you've constantly got me ticking in the back of my head thinking to myself about how I market yourself and stuff in terms of other things as well. But no, it's been great having you on, Martin. Good, it's been it's a pleasure been being on. It's been a very insightful, uh, very very insightful podcast, and I can't wait to tell this goes live. You're going live this Sunday here. Excellent. The re-kicking of the getting back in the shape of these podcasts. But right, and this is one thing. I'm <laughs> unfortunately you're the first person getting landed with it. So okay, uh, myself and Ben, our Ben had some. He put a challenge out to us uh, clients how quick he did it, could do a mile. So okay. we started this new challenge called the mile mile four four minutes thirty. The challenge is okay. Now the goal is to get below. One of his clients got four thirty four. So I decided, right? Do you know what? I'm gonna beat that, and it's my sort of obsessed kind of what you're like. My obsession nature is I'm gonna beat that. I'm gonna get below four thirty, get okay. a mile. So the challenge I'm throwing out to you, I'm gonna throw this out to all the people who have my podcast and stuff like that, is right treadmill up to the max a mile it's either 1.6 kilometers or if your uh, thing reads out miles it's a mile and try to get below 430 record in your snapshot story and tag myself and ben and send send your challengers if you want to challenge next get the competitiveness going getting your obsession seeing how well you can go and set, seeing how many people we can get to see can they beat the 430 Four thirty. Mile and four thirty. It's it's it's, it's quite the time. <laughs> Do you know they I mean the, the four minute mile still for quite a while, like. <laughs> and to be honest, I mean, as I mentioned, like I'm 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 this well, I am this. I have always been the skinny guy. So yeah. to get lean, I have never really had to do an awful lot of cardio cardio so cardio is not something i would do a lot of now of late i have actually started introducing my training because i was uh, working at an irish strength institute seminar and a fellow luke lehman there was talking about how aerobic exercise helps with hypertension you know high high blood pressure uh, stress levels sleep patterns everything else like that so i started to introduce a wee bit of cardio now i started off doing a wee bit of running uh 
I'm approaching 40, so my joints aren't what they once were. <laughs> so I came a wee bit of an impact in the running. I switched then to the cross trainer. And, but then it was just monotonous. It just yeah. got bored. Well, that's, that's so right. So the, the story behind this uh, one minute, one minute, or mile, mile and 4.30, the whole idea behind the challenge is that, I'm going to be brutally honest, cardio is boring as hell unless you're playing sports, football, or something that's interactive. Yep. So the whole idea behind this mile 40, or mile 4 minute 30, in my sort of context and what I'm trying to bring out too, is that there is benefits to, as you said, to doing cardio in terms of even helping your heart, helping the blood, helping, there's so much stuff more that you, yes, you can run a lot. You can, like, I hate, I hate the looking at treadmills. I'm the exact same. I rather just do all this thing, but there is so much benefits to the, it is there. It was created as a machine. There had to be a benefit for it, and there yep. is, but people just, that idea of, well, I'm just running on a treadmill for ages. So this whole competitive, it's sort of triggering on that competitive. I mean, all you're running is one mile. And I know people go, oh, it's, well, it's, what do you mean only one mile? Go on. But it goes by so quickly. Like I got, was able to get it, my first attempt at it in 5.30 and I was able to cut it down to 4.59. So just shed it a minute of, or a second off five minutes. Okay. And the quickest guy was able to get 4.34. So, and then I think another guy got, it was a 4.40. But it's that constant idea where it's the pushing of people getting scores. You're like, right, I want to beat it. And then say the next people you challenge, you go, well, I just want to see. It's kind of having your, then you're then having your own competition with people you're challenging and going, well, I'm the fastest out of all you for a mile. Okay. Just kind of building like a bit of nature. And it's also starting to just get a bit of fun into the treadmill because everyone looks at the treadmill and goes, I think it's boring as hell. But it's kind of just getting more fun and seeing people get interacted and sort of, building a community as we're kind of saying yeah. and, and and then the campaign i kind of have the idea in my head where it's the mile mile 430 mile 430 one mile 430 bang that's it try to get it done if you can't try to challenge everyone else to try to beat whatever time you get okay but that's i'm gonna leave it at that but i'm holding you to that challenge your first okay your first I'll, 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 I'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes but it's as I said, it's been great having you on. It's been a really enjoyable podcast. I can't wait to see uh, how this mile and four thirty goes. But um, yeah, it's been great having you on, Martin, and I can't wait for us to maybe to work on a few more other stuff in the future here. Excellent. Yeah. Um, a lot of things I think lined up in my own head of what I'm thinking. But uh, no, it's been great, and I just want to say, guys, thanks for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, leave a comment, let me know your feedback and stuff like that. Make sure to share if you're enjoying the podcast and stuff like that. Just let me know how it's getting on. I have a lot more uh, people lined up. And yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. And I'll see you on the next What's Up